Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. The Jake Luton experience has failed us. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a the leader of the resistance against the college football playoff committee. And with me, as always, is AJ. I'm in college basketball mode now. Marchese. I don't know what you're talking about. You love the college football playoff committee, and, and you're proud to say I was in the top 25. I'm taking them down from the inside, motherfucker. <laughs> Today, we're talking all the NFL rookies who thrived and struggled in week 11. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You know who else is an expert, AJ? Jim Nagy. How'd you know? (laughs) I'm finally figuring this show out, Rob. It's not that hard, AJ. It's it's taking you 12 weeks. 191 episodes. Uh, only one Senior Bowl acceptance today, though. Jim's off his game. He's uh, he's focused on Thanksgiving. Sure, it's Thanksgiving week. You got to give everyone a break. It's it's a busy time of year. Uh, our single acceptance is East Carolina offensive lineman Dante Smith. I you think... pretty excited about that one, AJ? <laughs> I'm super excited about that one. <laughs> I think Jim just didn't want to hear you uh, rattle off names for 35 minutes off the, off the start of the podcast it's the only thing that gets me out of bed in the morning aj uh i i don't even think i did uh did him in the summer so you you give me your little spiel about him rob he is very small for a tackle uh he looks like a tight end he got, he moves really well though obviously i haven't seen how he's been playing this year for east carolina um 
I am kind of a little bit excited. I like to get lesser known linemen down there to see how they compete with some. Like, I want to see Deontay Smith against Boogie Basham, plus the, the Carolina connection there. Um, I think he'll he'll be viewed as a guard though. Uh, he's only listed at two eighty nine, so he's gonna have to put on weight. And he looks small like that, mm-hmm. but again, he moves really well. I think he'll be playing guard in Mobile, and I'm excited about it. What side of the line does he play on? Uh, left. So that, that but but he moved around. Interesting. Okay. Now I'm that, excited. That big, big game changer for you. Yeah, you needed that, eh? I really just wanted to make a Holton Allers blindside joke, but, but it didn't work out. At least you tried. I did my best. Uh, okay, week 11. We start off with some sad news uh, with the rookies in the rookie QB rundown. Obviously, um, against the Washington football team, Joe Burrow uh, tore his ACL and MCL um, in the in the second half. Oh, that stinks for the Bengals. It stinks for Joe Burrow. Was having one of the best rookie uh, quarterback seasons ever. Um, was firmly competing for the offensive rookie of the year award. Was looking like everything the Bengals needed him to be as the first overall pick. He also was playing. Not not spectacularly in this game, but solid before he went down with the injury. The offensive line was getting him fucking killed before, even before that too. Um, of course, it happened at FedEx Field. It's cursed. Um, it's cursed. Yeah, it really is. The Bengals said they expect it to be about eight to nine months, and that he should be ready, like right at the start of the season. Yeah, it, it's so going to be. We'll see. It's going to be cutting it close. Like either it's either week one or like two or three, right? Yeah, Uh, I would assume they wouldn't want to rush it back, but who knows, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I'm thinking, I mean, Ryan Finley's their quarterback going forward. If they lose out, does Zach Taylor get to come back just because of the circumstances? You know what, this is one of the thoughts that popped into my head. Um, I definitely think... uh, (laughs) A bargaining chip or whatever term you want to use for Zach Taylor is is going to be uh, Joe Burrow's injury for him keeping his job, for sure. The other thing is, and this is just coming off what what we saw P.J. Walker do uh, for the Panthers, is is Joe Brady going to end up a head coach next year? And would Cincinnati like I mean obviously in theory if I'm a GM I would rather have Joe Brady as my head coach than Zach Taylor and I assume you would as well yes so I, I'm pretty interested to track where Joe Brady ends up he's so young still that maybe the NFL being the NFL is like uh too young to be a head coach um, work with work with ah it worked with Sean McVay it did and Mike Tomlin he's younger than both um the other thing is, if a college team threw a bunch of money at Joe Brady, I wonder if he would if he would go that route. I kind of think he made that leap from LSU OC to Panthers OC because he wants to be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He obviously came from the Saints originally. I think his end goal is to be a head coach in the NFL, and I think taking a college head coaching job kind of works you backwards a little bit. Um, Agreed. I, I, do, I, th- I, I do think uh, it's going to be a, a power five, a, a legit gig if he gets offered, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, and I think they would throw money at him. Yeah. But I, I just don't see him going that route. Uh, I guess, point being, going to be interesting to see what happens with Cincinnati this offseason. 
Um, they're probably going to be in a position to draft Panay Sewell now. Thank, thank Which, God. I mean, if you're looking for any slight positive here, that would be it. You get him and Jonah Williams as your tackles, and maybe you start to rebuild that offensive line for Joe Burrow. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, really freaking sucks. Very much so. And, yeah, I think it's it's not just hopefully Sewell, but, like, I think we'll see the Bengals hopefully go out and spin on that offensive line. They showed last offseason they were willing to spend on that defense, so maybe. It's a good maybe. point. That's but good also, point. Mike Brown is cheap. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so from there, let's jump into a, a poor performance from uh, your boy Tua. Uh, you you had the Dolphins-Broncos game. AJ, give us a rundown of uh, what happened um, to lead to his benching. Yeah, I mean, obviously he got benched, so it's kind of – Shitty week for both of these guys. Um, so so I'll, I'll start here. We're like, the last play he was in before he got benched, he got sacked, and he went down kind of funny. <clears throat> so I, I, when I first saw Fitz was coming in, I thought it might have been injury, but then Brian Flores said no. And I'm like, well, I thought maybe it's because they're protecting him from taking a beating. He was sacked six times, but Brian Flores said he thought Fitz gave them the best chance to win this game. Um, so... So this was all performance-based, according to Brian Flores. And, I mean, he already said two is back to starting this week right away. So that that's the positive thing, I guess. But I don't think it was the right move. Uh, Fitzpatrick still lost him the game. He threw the end zone interception. Um, but anyways, uh, on to a... He but, was, hey, hey, he did he did spark the offense. He did. He was better than two was, for sure. But it's like, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with this a little bit. I, I'm going to say I disagree, but, like, I'm not going to go over the top criticizing the move like some people have i think i, I, I think I, I go ahead i think he was banged up though and they just don't want that to be the storyline because tua came out and said like it wasn't that either like tua's handled this really well uh, yeah. for the record yeah um i i think the foot did play a role it was bothering him all week yeah like you said on his final snap it, it, he kind of got up gingerly I think it, it was part the foot was part of the reason he was playing poorly and part of the reason they pulled him out. Um, I, I think it was kind of like a mix of all these things, and I, I don't kill Brian Flores for it. Mm-hmm. I, would, I especially if the, the foot was bothering Tua, um, it just is a little bit of a funny look. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be detrimental to Tua's season going forward. I agree, and I know there's been a lot of takes like that, but I, I think. I think when push comes to shove, this is going to be nothing we remember, to be honest. But exact uh, that no, I'm totally on the same page with you there. Yeah. Um, on on the field though, Tua was like definitely uncomfortable from the get go. Um, the offensive line was doing him no favors, but like happy feet from the start, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and it just <laughs> it just kind of affected everything from there. Like he wasn't really accurate. Um, he had that interception call back early. That was pretty ugly, but it didn't count obviously. Um, and like, I wonder if it again. You brought this point up from the start, really. If it, if it's Tua struggling to set his own protections, um, I, I think individually, and I'll talk about it later. There were really poor performances on the offensive line, but it was a lot of just mm-hmm. like whiffs on stunts, not reading blitzes. Uh, so again, I don't know if the, the 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 like it goes on Ted Karras, who he's had struggles at times too, or on Tua, and I I don't know, and it's like. He, like when he was getting the ball off, it was it was it was a lot of shorter stuff, and like there was a couple big time like third down throws, but it wasn't it wasn't too impressive. His touchdown came on a fade again to to Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is the only receiver really showing up for him at all. Who's he's been really good this year, 
Um, and it, I don't know. It's just an ugly game. Obviously, 83 yards, a touchdown, 11 of 20 passing. Ugly game. I, I, I don't think it was a huge concern. Uh, the Broncos just mm-hmm. just outplayed them, and the, and the line looked rough. Uh, so I don't know. I, like I like I said, I think this is going to be um, a footnote at the like not even a footnote. It's going to be nothing. The other thing is, Denver Denver's head coach is considered. If he was a defensive coordinator right now, he is considered the best defensive coordinator I think in the NFL. Vic Fangio. Yeah. And I think he, like he he. His, his defense played fantastic, and they went after a rookie quarterback. Like, it's not shocking that Tua would struggle in this situation in Denver. The altitude, he's not used to that. Come on. And um, the other thing is, if that offensive line isn't playing that well, and yeah. Tua's bothered by the foot, and he really doesn't have that much in terms of playmakers to take the pressure off outside of Devontae Parker. Like, it's just a mix. No running uh, A bad of. mix of things. Exactly, and, and the other thing is, like, rookie quarterbacks are going to have bad games. Yep. I mean, last week, Justin Herbert had a fucking stinker. He rebounded this week. That's the important thing is seeing to a rebound from this type of performance. And then also the Dolphins in the offseason addressing some of the things um, by maybe drafting a, a Jamar Chase, a Jalen Waddle, or a Travis Etienne, like, to try and take the pressure off. I do hope they, they use one of those first-round picks on a stud receiver for him. I mean, I think it looks like they're going to, obviously, and that's where all the mock drafts have it going. So, um, yeah, I, again, I'm not too concerned. And like you said, Vic Fangio is really good at his job. And that the Broncos look like the Dolphins have been looking recently, where they're just giving quarterbacks headaches. And, hey, guess what? He gets to play the Jets this week. So it's the same bounce back Hell forever, yes. baby. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, Justin Herbert was incredible uh, following week 10's poor performance um yeah he he absolutely torched the Jets secondary threw for 366 three touchdowns set the NFL record for most um games in a rookie season with three plus touchdown passes at five and I mean we got a handful of games left it, it was kind of the the same thing we'd seen from him when he is just absolutely on fire his arm talent is insane he's got to have one of the, the I, I think the only people I would say for sure have equal or better arms than him are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think Justin Herbert's right there. The 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 deep ball he threw to um, Tyron Johnson on a on a, a deep shot from the slot was incredible. It, the like it was just he ripped it to him right in the bucket. DB t- uh, trail technique and it was I don't I think the DB was shocked that anyone could make that throw. Um, and then on top of that you you had. He hit Mike Williams on a nice crosser, and Mike Williams did the rest for a touchdown. Uh, his his one touchdown pass to Keenan Allen was awesome. He, he, he was in shotgun. It was a five-wide shotgun. He took the snap. He's got uh, the pass rush collapsing the inside of the pocket, so he rolls it to the left. He sees Keenan Allen. He just rips a, a dart to Keenan Allen. There was, there was a couple um, non-touchdown throws where he was just ripping darts. He, like... He was also just so efficient. Like, on top of how ultra-aggressive he is as a downfield passer, he's so efficient, and you'll, you'll notice Keenan Allen caught, like, 16 passes this week. That's his safety net. Um, those two have such great chemistry already, and you're starting to see him build it more and more with Mike Williams uh, and, and Hunter Henry, for that matter. Hunter Henry's quietly having, like, a Pro Bowl season. I mean, you have to vote six tight ends to the Pro Bowl, so Hunter Henry's <laughs> going to be one of them. Um 
And this was all with the offensive line playing like horse shit. So it's the Jets, and they're 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 playing a lot of rookie DBs. He's cooking them, but like, still, it's an NFL roster, and he he's just incredible. He he's the best. He's having, I think, the best rookie quarterback season, um, maybe ever. Maybe, yeah. No, that's that's very fair. I mean. And it sucks he's not going to be in a playoff race or anything like that, but he's, like you said, been absolutely spectacular. And it was really just last week that it wasn't it wasn't amazing. <laughs> he the, the, the Chargers did everything they could to let the Jets get back into this, too. I don't think the Chargers would fire Anthony Lynn, but how much fun would it be if Joe Brady and Justin Herbert kind of got together? Because, boy, oh, boy, this kid's got so much talent, and they have playmakers. They just need to address that offensive line. They need their defense to get healthy, and they need their coach to learn how to, to manage the clock. For sure, yeah. I mean, I I, I think, if, again, on the Brady front, I think he ends up a head coach. But, like, also with Eric Bieniemy, I hope he gets somewhere with a young quarterback, too. I've – oh, wait. I don't want that. I was going to say I, I, I want Eric Bieniemy with Deshaun Watson in Houston, but then I remembered that the Jack Easterby is, like, probably crazy, so never mind. I don't want that. <laughs> I, hey, maybe maybe the Bengals get Bianami. I I don't see it happening, but maybe. I think this is kind of the most excited I've been for an NFL coaching carousel in a while, right? Like, there's a lot. Of, like Eric Bianami to me is the only firm this dude's definitely going to be a head coach. Agreed. Yeah. And there's just a lot of other interesting options. Yeah. And I mean, who knows how many openings there actually will be outside of Atlanta? Which uh, they should be doing everything they can to hire Eric Bianami. Definitely, um, they, they'll 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 probably hire someone like I don't know Mike Kafka. Sick. That was supposed to get a laugh. You didn't laugh. I so. did laugh. You can't hear me. I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> okay, thanks. Anyway, going from one six six quarterback to another, uh, <laughs> I also watched the Jaguars and the Steelers. Hey, six six Pac twelve, big arm, Jake Luton. Oh baby, it's over. There's no way they can trot him back out if Gardner Minshew is healthy. It was just, it was fun the previous weeks. It's slowly gotten worse for him. And then he played the Pittsburgh Steelers through four interceptions. Um, two to Terrell Edmonds, two to Minka Fitzpatrick. Sick. Some were good plays on the ball, but some were just like really bad throws and bad decisions. Um he, he was just getting eaten alive, too, by Bud Dupree and DJ Watt. Bud Dupree's getting paid so much money by somebody. Um, and he just could not feel the pressure, and he looked so demoralized. There was this one time he just got hammered by Bud Dupree, and he was just laying there, and I thought he was hurt because he, he was laying on the ground for so long. It must have been, must have been like a full five seconds, which is a long time to lay there. I thought he was hurt eventually someone gave him a hand and pulled him up and he just looked sad um i mean it it, it feels inevitable that the jaguars will fire this staff and draft justin fields second overall assuming that's where they pick Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i don't know i feel bad for jake luton um no 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 rookie should have to deal with this uh but hey he he's gonna be a nice backup to justin fields maybe what do you think happens with Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew's the perfect backup, but it feels like because he's played so much now, he's like a semi-starter, and you like 
if the like I don't know. He's gonna follow Jay Gruden wherever Jay Gruden ends up. <laughs> yeah, so he's sick. Like it's kind of like I know he's hurt, but like he he's like he's not played bad if you think of him as a backup quarterback. Like he's played really fucking well for a backup quarterback Absolutely. if you think about it that way. Yeah, no, for sure. Like he he to me is the the best backup quarterback in the NFL. Like he he's kind of going that almost that um. The way we thought about Terod Taylor and Teddy Bridgewater, like when they were backups, um, you kind of think of them like this guy can go in and he can actually win you games. Yeah, I think that that's that's the Gardner Minshew route, and he's he's fun guy. He could also just go to the CFL and be a king. I don't know. <laughs> think about it. Okay, who's your offensive rookie of the week, AJ? Okay, well I thought Justin Herbert was the clear guy, but again that's not fun for me to dip into your game and give it to a quarterback that we already talked yeah. about. So, so I'm going to give it to CeeDee Lamb. And I know it was, what, four catches, 34 yards. But it, it was amazing, that one touchdown catch. So I don't give a fuck. He had the sweetest play of any rookie this week. And he was just my favorite performance, so I don't care. That adjustment was amazing. It was like when the ball was in the air, I, I like I felt it. I felt like I was going to catch it. I'm like, this is going to be insane. I felt it in my bones, Rob. And, it, and he didn't disappoint. And I know it's like, hey, the, the Cowboys looked a little bit better, and Dal- or they looked a lot better, and Dalton looked better. So maybe we're going to get more fun plays from C.D. Lamb down the stretch. And I know a couple of weeks ago I already said, like, is Lamb just going to get shuffled off because this Cowboys team is so bad? But I don't think so. I think we're going to keep seeing more fun C.D. Lamb, and that's all I really want out of this Cowboys team right now. I'm, I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> Thank you. You sound happy. <laughs> I love C.D. Lamb. I had, I had two it, carries, it, too. He's fun, man. It, it's nice to see these talented rookies when they actually get a chance. Like, we've also seen times where, like, C.D. Lamb, if, if Dak didn't get hurt, C.D. Lamb would probably be right there with Justin Jefferson. Maybe not right there with Justin Jefferson, but just slightly behind him. Like, he was playing yes. so consistent and well. Yep. And then, obviously, Dak goes down and changes everything. Or, or, like, with Jerry Judy, there's, like, ten clips every week of Jerry Judy cooking a DB, but Drew Locke not throwing him the ball or missing him. Like, it sucks when there's so much talent at receiver and they don't get to make these plays. And I'm just happy CD got to make you happy by making a play that just reminded us so much of what he did at Oklahoma. Yeah. Hey, Jonathan Vilma kept saying on the broadcast that either CD Lamb or Justin Jefferson are going to win Rookie of the Year. So, there you go. <laughs> Didn't mention Is he wrong? <laughs> All he has, uh, Justin Jefferson just has to win it, and he's right. Which he, he might. He might, but I mean, Herbert's going to be, like, really hard to pass. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, and that's why he is my cop-out offensive rookie of the week. I couldn't not pick him. He just He's already, I, I think I've probably said this multiple times in the show, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch already. He's probably yep. in the top five. I think he's already a top ten quarterback just by the way he's playing this year. Um, nine games, he's already thrown 22 touchdowns. Like his, what's his rating? His rating must be stupid. Yeah, it's 104.7. That's, that's and again, it's not, yeah, and it's not like he's dinking and dunking or anything. He is one of the most aggressive downfield passers in the league. I think he leads the league in 50-plus yard completions. He hasn't had a game um, in like seven straight starts where he hasn't thrown at least two touchdowns. He, he he it's almost at this point it feels like he he's given you 300 yards and three touchdowns every single week. He did it this week against the Jets. I know it's the Jets, but still I'm excited to see what he does in Buffalo this week. It's not a good defense in Buffalo, but 
on the road in Buffalo. Maybe we get some yucky weather. Let's see. Let's see if this 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 uh, this West Coast kid can handle that East Coast weather. And if the weather is nice, then we get to see Allen and Herbert dueling it out, which is also fun. Yes, and Justin Herbert's like the sober version of Josh Allen. <laughs> okay, on another topic, why do you think it's like Johnson and uh, Jalen Guyton getting all these awesome deep shots? Like, it's so goofy that it's those two guys, and I love it. It's just the speed, baby. The speed cooks. Plus, I mean, <clears throat> I'm assuming they're seeing a little lighter coverage than the two Pro Bowlers. Um, it's true. But he, I mean, like I said, anytime he goes underneath, it's to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen leads the league in third down catches. Keenan Allen is, like, must absolutely love Justin Herbert. Yeah, no, for sure. And here, weather weather forecast says nine degrees and sunny in Buffalo on Sunday. It's a little cold. Does the West Coast kid have it? Oh, wait, he's from Oregon where it also gets cold. That's what's up. I have a new working theory. You know how, like, there's that old saying, like, you don't want to draft a California quarterback because they won't be able to play in the bad weather games or whatever? Sure. Take the kids from Oregon because they're the, the same makeup as those California kids, but they grew up in a, in, a, in a little bit creepier area, a little bit colder. So they got that kind of that that psycho to them to take them to that next level. And, like, and like NorCal is similar, but it's NorCal. It doesn't have that – it's still a little, you know, surfer duty. But, no, Oregon, you're getting in the, you're getting in the wilderness – the mountains, and the scary beaches. Well, and, and, and the other thing is, Josh Allen, California kid, but guess what? He did a detour in Wyoming, and that's what made him Buffalo tough. Yeah, he's from the weird parts of California where they're, they're what is it, cantaloupe farming or whatever? <laughs> so it's sick. <laughs> Just, <laughs> okay, who's your defensive rookie doing? <laughs> Rob, hey, tell me if I've said this before. Another week where I didn't have a standout. But, uh, I'm going to oh give it. I had, I had two. Yeah, you're so you get you get blessed. And you get Chase Young when he has big games. It's great. Um anyways, I'm going to give it to Isaiah Simmons out of principle. No, that's the other one. Okay. No, that he deserves it. Okay. If I didn't have Chase Young, that's who I would have picked. I ended up I put him in out of nowhere rook because I wasn't expecting it. I I had him rookie in flash and then I couldn't find a good defender. Moved him up here. First off, he played 68% of snaps, so a hand to him for that. That's amazing. Oh. By far the most he's played all season. Uh, they rushed career him like – Career high, f- baby. Four- <laughs> yeah, career high too. They they blitzed him like four times. He got home on, on Russ for one. It wasn't it wasn't the most impressive sack, but he got there. Uh, and then I, I go and look at the box score. He had 10 tackles, that sack, two TFLs. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, but he, he was. It always felt like it was around the ball. I didn't expect those good numbers. Like the only the, the one I really remember was the the one where he he took Lockett down awkwardly and then it led to the Kirkpatrick scrap. But I, I thought like it was a really good game and I didn't think it was that good statistically. And he deserves this recognition after us goofing him all season long. And uh, hey, look, it, it may maybe the Cardinals slow playing him was the right call, or maybe it was the opposite of the right call because now that he's playing more, he looks good. But regardless, uh, he's going to be huge for the Cardinals down the stretch. That's that's for sure. No, I think that I think that's a really good pick because yeah, like you said, it was by he he was the what eighth overall pick? Yes, eighth yeah. overall pick. He had done nothing really for the entire season, and then he started the last three weeks. He's played a lot more, and then obviously this being his his most snaps, his most productive game. 
they've been blitzing him more too, which yeah. I, I think was a smart way for Vance Joseph to kind of take advantage of his natural athleticism. Like he was a really good blitzer at Clemson too. So just to get him on the field and have him in some sort of role and maybe build some confidence. And yeah, he was like, he was just flying all over the place. You can see that athleticism, the length obviously really stands out. Hopefully this is a building block. Cause I, I had fun really watching him um, uh, against Seattle on Thursday night. And, and, and now they go to new England and, Maybe he, his job is to spy Cam all week, like they're all game. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. I'm excited yeah. to see what goes on next with Brown. Definitely, and hey, and like about... you alluded to, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna just move on. So no, I'll add one more thing. It kind of like you said, it just the confidence and getting on the field. It kind of all started with that pick against the Seahawks in their first matchup. Yeah, he's the Seahawk killer. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Well, I, honestly, since that game, that's when the snap count went up. Yep, So exactly. Yep. Something to that. Uh, okay, like you alluded to, uh, my defensive rookie of the week is Chase Young. Not like a belligerently great stat line or anything, so I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, Chase Young, he's a bust. <laughs> Three tackles, uh, batted down a pass, had the forced fumble on Burrow at the goal line. Um, he was so impactful in a not statistical way, though. His ability against the run really stood out to me. He is such a willing and active run defender. It sets the edge consistently. You can't you can't get uh, outside zone outside of him. Um, yeah. He was also a lot, providing a lot of pressure that just wasn't resulting in sacks and, and uh, getting after Bro, getting after Friendly. He also consistently getting his hands up in passing lanes. I mentioned he, uh, he had the batted pass. Um but just like clogging up passing lanes with his hands, he he's gonna be really really good. That defense is like kind of stingy. Like it's interesting. The DBs played really well. The corners specifically played really well. Um, I don't know. I like watching that defense. I like watching Chase Young. I like like Montez Sweat looked really good opposite him too. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. He's been a, he's been. I, good I get this like year. this. Mm-hmm. And I get that the sack production isn't there yet for Chase Young, but it's gonna come like. What, what's he have on the season? Three and a half and nine games. So people are probably going to look at that and be like, oh, he's not living up to the hype. Just because he's not as dominant instantly as Nick Bosa was, who had one of the greatest defensive rookie seasons of all time, maybe the greatest. Um, no, that's not true. Didn't Lawrence Taylor win defensive player of the year as a rookie? I, I'm maybe. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> point, point being, uh, just because he's not that dominant, he's still been incredible and absolutely living up to what, what you hoped he would be. And that again, that sack production is going to come. Oh, I really, really am hoping that the Cowboys move Zach Martin back to guard for this week and put Darren Steele back at right tackle so we can see Chase Young tee off. It's not going to happen, but. but I don't think they will. I, I don't think they will. But yeah, and, and um, he, he's playing. He's playing Zach Martin this week. Pittsburgh Steelers the week after. I, I love watching him. He it just he provides so much energy too. He's nonstop out there, and he, he gets on himself too. Like there was one, one time where he's near sack, but he just didn't get there before uh, the ball got off, and he was killing himself for it. And you just like he plays with a lot of passion. I don't know. I think he's gonna be freaking awesome. And speaking of freaking awesome, who's your worst rookie, AJ? I was gonna just add quickly on, on Young, if that's okay with you. That I I think people just aren't watching the games and like. I didn't watch this game, but every time they, that, that, that you saw the Bengals offense in red zone, uh, Chase Young was making big plays. And he, like you said, if he's not getting home, he's around the football. Um, but yeah. my, my worst rookie, I kind of alluded to earlier, 
the Dolphins rookie offensive lineman generally, but in specific, uh, I'm going to say Austin Jackson. It's just Bradley Chubb worked him pretty much consistently. One um, one Malik Reed was there, he worked him. He gave up. I, I think you could probably credit him with three sacks uh, if you're being nice to uh, multiple pressures on top of that. In the run game, he was pretty inconsistent. There was a couple whiffs, especially working to the second level. Uh, there was a nice run that Tua had where he got picked up almost 10 yards. Uh, got called back because he held. Um, and like there were some nice reps mixed in there. Uh, but he just was super inconsistent. And it was kind of like what you saw at USC. Not to the same extent. I, I think he's been a pretty solid rookie and better than I expected. But this this was definitely the a bad, bad game from Austin Jackson. And a big reason why Tua couldn't get anything going. Uh, I will stick on the offensive line, although it should be Jake Luton, but that felt like cheating. I like Jake Luton going. was definitely the worst rookie I saw. But uh, Damian Lewis is my pick. Fuck you, Robert, uh, now in his, <laughs> he was freaking terrible. In I, I... his defense, he's he is not a center and was asked to play center. I think that's just the Seahawks are to blame for that. Um, he fumbled a snap. He had a, a couple penalties. He just yep. did not look comfortable playing center. And again, that is a really hard transition to, to make in a week. A guy who like he didn't play center at LSU either. He was just a guard. That's it's really hard as a former offensive lineman. It's so hard to just switch yeah. sides from left tackle to right tackle, and to switch from guard to center, like that. That is an incredibly tough duty. Um. I'm not surprised he struggled, and he's a guy who's played really great football at guard this season for the Seahawks. Uh, but yeah, he he was doing everything he could to lose that game for the for the Seahawks. <laughs> I put him for uh, not ready to play center, because <laughs> like like, like like you said, they gave him what two days in practice to get ready for this. If that, uh, like you said, the very first snap of the game, he just looked like he wasn't ready to play center. Uh, gave up the sack, like you said, fumbled the snap. Uh, had that the, on the long DK um, catch that came back. He, he was on the hold. It was a ticky-tack hold, but he got run over, and it would have been a sack. Uh, false starts. Had another hold on a run. Um, it, was a, it was a bad game. But, like, I, I did think he kind of settled in towards the end. And, like, all things considered, you got to tip your cap to Damian Lewis because um, they didn't lose. And he was doing, like you said, you gave him credit. It's not like you were shitting on him at all. Um, it, it's a hard, hard transition, especially if you've – don't play center before, like, like, like. I, hey, I was a former offensive lineman. I, they tried to put me at center. I, I fucked the snaps up on purpose. I didn't want to play center. <laughs> I, I again, I, I blame Seattle. Like, I don't th- like. It's hard to blame a guy who's been playing awesome at guard. Yeah. When, like you said, two days to move to center. Like that's Seattle's fault that that they put him in that situation as a rookie. Yeah, I think they expected Postic to be back this week, and then he wasn't. Obviously. And then Fuller got banged up uh, unexpectedly, who played center last week. So it was kind of a shit situation. And, yeah, like, it, obviously it's on the Seahawks. And all things considered, good for you, Damian Lewis. Okay, who's your primetime star? Jordan Fuller. I know they were really yeah. easy interceptions. But he was there, and he caught them. And a lot of guys aren't doing either of those things every single week. So let's get <laughs> game two picks off Tom Brady. I gotta, I gotta tip the cap to Jordan Fuller and give him the, give him the primetime star. He was in good position to make those plays. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you gotta be there. 
And, and he he's a guy who I think was one of the best mm-hmm. uh, rookie DBs easily through the first five weeks of the season. Then he obviously got hurt, went on IR, came back in week 10. And then this is really – this was a big, big comeback game for him. Yep. Those two interceptions essentially won the game. I know they're gimmies, but – Again, he was in position to make the play. You got to tip your cap. He's been really great for uh, the Rams. He's a starting safety for the long term for them. Yep. Uh, they got him in the sixth round. His his IQ and his instincts have really stood out in coverage, and, and he's very aggressive downhill. Uh, so, no, I, I think he's been one of the most pleasant surprises of the rookie class. For sure, and he's one of the biggest deals in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, underwhelming performance. I think I had No, I had him for worst rookie last week. And I like I like being mean to Patrick Queen, so I'm putting him for underwhelming. And he started off pretty hot. He had like seven tackles in the first quarter, I believe. And you know the the Ravens defense kept Derrick Henry in check the first three and a half quarters or three quarters, whatever. Uh, he had a quarterback hit in the first two that led to a pick off Tannehill. I'm like, okay, this is a game for Patrick Queen. And then he got the face full of Derrick Henry cleat, got banged up, went back in, and it was just a lot of him being out of position, not filling holes. Uh, maybe sh- I don't want to say shying away from Der- Derrick Henry because, like, first of all, he's a monster, but maybe maybe a little bit of that, and it's just just another mad performance where he's just it's like it's almost there, and it's just it's just he's kind of losing it a bit. It's I don't know. Just watch him, and you can tell he's kind of just like a little hesitant at times, and if he's not, he's out of position. Is he hitting the rookie wall? Maybe, but it's it's you know what he's he hasn't been that great all year. It's just he's had flashy games. I know, <clears throat> I know, definitely. Um, okay, I will stick in the AFC North and I'll go with T Higgins. Just twenty six yards against Washington. I said earlier their corners played really well. Uh, he was struggling to separate, and I'm not going to kill T Higgins because he's been one of the best rookie receivers, rookies in general this year. And obviously he lost his quarterback partway through this game. Um, but yeah, he, he struggled to separate. Um, he wasn't really doing much once Ryan Finley came in. He had a drop. It wasn't like, I'm not, again, I'm not killing him. It was just, uh, I was hoping to see a little bit more, but the, again, Washington's corners played a really good football game. Washington's defense okay. is, is so sneaky good this year. I mean, I, I know we know the front seven's good, but the secondary has been really solid too, except for Troy Apke, that piece of shit. They're going to draft Zach Wilson and, uh, win that, that NFC East at seven and nine. That's so sick. Uh, okay, who looks like a hit for you? I'm sticking in the AFC North and sticking with the Baltimore Ravens on offense this side, though. I'm going to say J.K. Dobbins. He finally got the lead role in the Ravens' backfield and didn't disappoint. Had 70 yards on 15 carries. Had another 15 in the, in the receiving game. Uh, looked the part. Ran so hard. 37 yards after contact. And then he was throwing some like big blocks when Lamar was scrambling. I loved it. And then he tested positive for COVID, and it just really sucks that he didn't. He's not going to get to go out on Thanksgiving, and I hope, you know, it's it's one of the asymptomatic whatever COVID cases, and he's all good, and he comes back, and he's he's just going to be the legit guy going forward. I hope, um, but it just the timing sucks, and he looks so good this week. I mean, I love J.K. Dobbins, and I love I loved him like when we saw the flashes, and like like earlier in the season when he wasn't getting when he was getting a couple touches a game. Every time he touched the ball, it was like. A 15-yard carry, or he's, he's a nice six-yard carry. Like, you know what I mean? Always look good. And I I hope he's going to come back healthy and, and ready to rock for the Ravens. People forget he was a big part of that, starting that Texas to Ohio State uh, recruiting pipeline. So Yeah, so cool. So yeah. sick. 
Speaking of Texas, how about this receiver who played at Baylor? Uh, Denzel Mims looks like a hit. Yeah. He, him and Brashad Perriman uh, <laughs> just giving it to the Chargers DBs. But uh, three, three catches, 71 yards. One amazing catch on the right sideline where he, he the, the DB was all over him and Joe Flacco dropped a dime. <laughs> and Mims made a great play on the ball. He also drew two pass interference calls. Um which if there weren't pass interference, he would have had well over 100 yards. Uh, he, he he looks like a top two wide receiver. Whoever Whoever's playing quarterback for the Jets, once Trevor Lawrence is playing quarterback for the Jets, yep. like he's going to blow up. Um, it, I wonder what the move will be. Like I know Brashad Perriman's hitting free agency. I don't really know what he's worth, but he has made plays for them. I wonder if – they, I would personally let him walk, and hopefully they draft some another receiver. And you get Mims, you get um, uh, Jamison Crowder, and you get mm-hmm. you get one of these young studs coming in as well. And maybe Chris um, Herman bounces okay, who back looks, at tight end. And uh, hey, yeah, he looked good this week. Yeah, he did. So, uh, who looks like a miss? Uh, Jeff Okuda, the what third overall pick. Yeah. Another struggling week where like. I don't know. Yeah. This season just kind of seems like a bit of a wash for Okuda. Like, I, I, it's a guy I don't want to really go over the top criticizing, but he's still struggling. Like, um, I, like he had seven tackles. He had a TFL. Uh, but there was a few one-on-ones with Mike Davis where Davis looked, him really, looked really bad. Uh, then he had a couple nice tackles. He's playing aggressive against the run, which I appreciate. But Yeah. It, yeah, it, he that that's been the story all year. He can't cover, but he can tackle. Yeah, and speaking of can't cover, there was the big DJ Moore. We just beat him straight off the line, got deep. It was the first quarter. I think it was like 52 yards. Okuda had no chance. Um, and then when you put all this together, it was a bad performance. At least he's playing the run okay. Um, uh, but he only played 34% of the snaps in this game. And he, he got banged up in the fourth. But even before then, uh, the Lions were playing Oriwarie uh, and Desmond Trufant ahead of him. And both of them ended up having really easy interceptions in the end zone. But... Uh, kind of a concerning game, not just from a performance. I mean, yes, from the performance and the injury, but the Lions maybe punishing him or losing faith in him a bit. Uh, luckily, Matt Patricia can be fucking out of there, hopefully. But I mean, this was a really bad game from the from the Lions. But yeah, I mean, it sucks. It sucks, and I hope a new coaching staff comes in and he finds himself next year. Yeah, the, I, if they don't fire Matt Patricia, like I don't know how any player who is employed by the Detroit Lions can like feel good about going in if Matt Patricia is still the head coach next year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, for me it's Kenneth Murray. It's just every, he just dis like Denzel Perriman's so much better than him. <laughs> he is. Like, he, Denzel he got Perriman, viral, baby. <laughs> Denzel Perriman was flying to blow up plays against the run and at the same time like you're you're forgetting Kenneth Murray's even on the field yeah he had seven tackles and he had a, he had a TFL but for the most part he's just not making much of an impact like it, Isaiah Simmons was game this week was better than any game Kenneth Murray's played for the for the LA Chargers yeah that's true and I mean I almost feel like he was getting he's credit. rookie linebackers AJ yeah, it almost felt like he was getting credit earlier in the year, and now it's just kind of like he everyone doesn't even think about him, which is fair because he, he just feels like such an afterthought when you watch a Chargers game. It, it sucks because you know I was a huge Kenneth Murray fan, and you were a little little lower on him than I was, but you're still there with me. And, and yeah, just very little impact, and he's been playing a lot. They need Drew Tranquil back. 
our, That's our, what's up. Our goat, yep. <laughs> hey, Drew Tranquil's going to be really good if he can stay healthy. Uh, for sure. I love Drew Tranquil so much. <laughs> and you know what else you love, AJ? You love Manscaped. And I support do. for Seven Rounds in Heaven comes from Manscaped. Who is the best men's blow-the-belt grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. I wonder if my apartment neighbor can hear me talking like this. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0. Lots of pointos, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice down there and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls because you will get face pubes which will result in crabs on your face the manscaped perfect package 3.0 also includes the cropped preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer you already put deodorant on your armpits why are you not putting the deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Your balls smell. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean, fellas. The perfect package will also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers. They'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pairs of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping. With the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Can I just say you know what else? Your can, ball. Can I add something what? up? Sure. I just want to say, like, I think it's a genuinely a good gift, the Manscaped package, because like when they sent us ours, it comes in like, you know, the, the nice travel bag and you get all the goofy stuff with it, the like the 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 feet mat thing that looks like a newspaper. So like I don't know, <laughs> Christmas morning or, or a Hanukkah evening. When you're with your family, I think it's a fun thing to open, and everyone kind of like gets a nice little chuckle, and then you get some really good products out of it. Yeah, and you'd be like, "Dad, you gotta shave your balls more often." <laughs> it's a pretty cool combo to have. Yeah, it's maybe maybe more of a brother gift, but still, <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a fun. It's a yeah, fun bro- gift. brother, you gotta shave your balls more so you can fuck better. <laughs> That's a cool combo. Maybe it's a friend gift. Maybe hey, it's a gift. It's a fun gift, regardless. <laughs> You know what else would be a gift? Money. That's a and you know point. how you make money? You go to bet online and you use the promo code armchair to take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. I mean, hey, guys, friends of the show, listeners, 
you're a little short on cash this holiday season and you need to buy a lot of gifts, bet what you've got on games, turn that money into more money, and guess what? You can afford your gifts. Parlay season, But do it baby. responsibly, and if, if if you have a problem, don't do it. Yes. So, go to bed online. Uh, okay, AJ, who needs to step it up? <laughs> I'll give you a, a couple of quick hitters this week. Um, first, obviously, the Dolphins' rookie off the line because they need to protect Tua. That's very, very given. Um, Kinley was a little bit meh in, in, in pass pro this week, too, not just Austin Jackson. They gave up more pressures. So, they got they got to step up. Another quick hitter, I'm just waiting for Derek Brown to do something. He had a couple pressures this week. But it's still like ugh, such a such kind of a lost season, and it sucks because the the Carolina Panthers, and especially their defense and rookies on their defense everywhere else are stepping up and playing awesome. So I just want to see Derek Brown step up, and uh, one more that I kind of I've ragged on before, Henry Ruggs, and I'm going to add Brian Edwards. I know he's been banged up, but they only had like two catches for six yards, and Ruggs had like a 12 yard end around. Um, Edwards had a drop. They're not getting the ball to Henry Ruggs in the passing game. Run it with him more. Like it works every time you're getting him in the ball. Like getting him the ball. Like I don't know. I, I like they threw the ball 31 times. I know they have this identity and it's working. It was a good game, but like find a way to get Henry Ruggs the football. And I know I've say I say this a lot, but it's it's starting to get to me, Rob. Well, in that game, I I swear to God, there was a point in time I was like, is Henry Ruggs playing or is he hurt again? And yeah. I like couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah. Just because, like, he is that irrelevant at times for that offense. Mm-hmm. And I, I just – I agree with you. Scheme him some touches. We've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands. And, and I get it that, the like, the Raiders' offense was clearly working really well, and they've been good this season. Derek Carr's playing really good football. Darren Waller's a stud. But you, you'd think you want to take advantage of the guy you took, top 15. Yeah. Just get, try and get him a touch here or there. Um, good picks. Good picks, AJ. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with Joshua Kelly, uh, partially because he looked terrible again against the Jets. Yeah. Six touches, two yards. Kalen Balaj came in uh, once they, they brought him in and, and absolutely took over the, the role of starting running back. And Balaj got banged up against the Jets. And if he's going to be out, they need Kelly to do something because it can't all be Justin Herbert behind a horrible offensive line. He needs a running back to take some pressure off. I know Austin Eckler's getting healthy. Yep. But Eckler's at his best as a space player, as a as a guy who's not getting double digit carries. He's more likely getting double digit catches. They need Joshua Kelly to provide some uh some some like, what's the word I'm looking for? Some thumping on the inside. I wonder if the Chargers look again on day three to add another running back to that room. That'd be interesting. Maybe even not day three. Like if they just. Give up on Joshua Kelly really quick. Yeah, and like um, Kelly's had we'll such see. a weird season. Like, remember he started off good and like, oh fuck, did I fuck up? Because I, I was low as hell on Kelly, and then he, he completely fell apart. And he's been less than nothing for the Chargers. But yeah, no. Um, and you know Anthony Lynn's a, uh, you know he's a running back. He's a running back's coach. He's always looking to upgrade. So it's gonna be interesting. Definitely. <clears throat> okay, who's not ready to play? I, I had Damian Lewis, and we we talked about him ad nauseum. Oh right, right. Poor circumstances, but uh, <laughs> good for you, Damian. I I was, I don't know. It made me love him more, to be honest. Sorry, uh, Bogdanovich is uh, signing with the Hawks. AJ breaking Oof. news. Okay, that's weird. Poor, that Giannis is leaving. Uh, right, that's that's a given. I think. No, they brought in Drew. This is not what we talked about on this show. <laughs> He's got a month to sign. 
Okay. Um, my not ready to play is the Jets rookie corners, but they also don't really have a choice because they don't have anybody <laughs> else to play. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson got worked pretty bad against the Chargers, the, the corner that is. Um, Bryce Hall, the other rookie corner playing, um, had less of a noticeably bad game. He 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 was a very willing tackler. He he made a, a big nice run stop. Um but when they did go at him, he didn't he didn't look great in coverage. Uh the other they they just didn't go at him a lot cuz the other corners were worse. <laughs> um it it's tough when you're playing both those guys and Ashton Davis, three rookies yeah. in that secondary on a defense for Greg Williams that kind of leaves DBs exposed a lot because of how heavy the they, they come with the blitzing. Um I don't know. It's just it's such a wash of a season. It's like I don't want to kill either of these guys, but but you're they, not wrong. They, they're not. Ready. If they, <laughs> yeah, if they were in a different situation, they wouldn't be playing. And least, and Hall with the injuries and stuff too. So like it, it kind of even worse for him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, best day three rookie. This is another one going back to the well, baby. Michael and Wenyu because he's just a he's just a gosh darn stud, Rob. Like. I'm still, I still find it. I know we've talked about this so many times, but it's still awesome how he, they can move him in any spot, and he's gonna go out and look really good. And I'm like, it, I'm still so impressed how good he's been in pass bro this season because like, like I was a fan of his coming out as as I've discussed, and I, I thought he'd be pretty solid in pass bro, but as a guard and like he's playing right tackle and he's not giving up a single pressure against against the Texans, like that's insanely impressive. And I, I know like. We don't talk, uh, or people don't talk off the line that much in general. But like, he really deserves his due, and I know he's getting it from PFF and, and people like that. But uh, the more we can say it, the, the more I want to say it. Because hey, first of all, Michigan man, second of all, it's a hit, and third of all, he's just he's just he's been amazing. He he's been a joy to watch. Every every time I watch him, I I am pleased. It's nice for you. Just it's hard not to fall in love with linemen who just look to kill people. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Okay, here's here's a guy, AJ. Now here's a guy. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, he he left injured. He left injured, but before he got injured, he was the only Jaguars def- defensive back who kind of existed. Uh, Daniel Thomas. Yeah, baby. Our boy from Auburn. He, he looked pretty good, all things considered, against uh, against the Steelers until he left injured. He had the pick of Roethlisberger in the back of the end zone before the half to stop a scoring drive. He broke up another pass. He, he was flying around on special teams as well. Um, he just plays really hard. He, he looks like, like, is he going to be a starter for a good team? Probably not. But a third safety who can contribute on special teams and maybe yep. play a little bit of dime linebacker with his aggressiveness – um, I I just thought he looked like a guy who's gonna stick around in the NFL for a while. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the vibe we got from him coming out of Auburn. It's like, I love how hard he plays, and I think he's gonna be great on special teams. And him getting a yeah, shot to play already time. with the Jaguars is even, even just gravy on top of it. Hell yeah! Uh, best undrafted rookie. This one is really out of nowhere. All right, it's Aaron Brewer, Ooh. who is. A center out of Texas State. He started at left guard with, with Roger Saffold out for the Titans. Uh, he played the entire game. And from what I saw, he never looked out of place. And uh, obviously, the, Henry took over the game in the fourth quarter in overtime, and there was plenty of success on the ground. Um, and it was just a, a quiet game, which is a really good game from an undrafted rookie center playing guard. 
and just super out of nowhere. And by the way, he's listed at six one two seventy four. He's tiny. He's that small? Yeah. I'm like, what? At first, I thought Wikipedia was wrong, and I checked the Titans website, and that's what he's listed at. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't realize he's that small. So it's like, not, not like it was a, like, I guess it was a good game. It was pretty amazing, but not like he's a, he's going to stick or, like, you know, be a decade there at guard, but this is a really impressive game from Brewer. It's a, it's a, gives you a guy who can be a swing interior lineman at least. Hopefully, yeah. And the Titans have kind of found a lot of like little random treats, to be honest, uh, for this season. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> like that. Okay, I have to go with Rodrigo Blankenship because uh, <laughs> he kicked the game-winning field goal against the Packers. He went four for five on field goals. Um, he's having like a pr- pretty well approval year for a kicker, especially because you get to vote six in. So it's like you got to find someone to vote in. Um, he also is like can be a poster boy for for my statement of don't draft kickers yeah for sure because we've seen we've seen the the sam sloman saga for example um i mean hey now we've got matt gay missing field goals for the rams another kicker who was drafted by a team uh and it just goes back to that at the end of the day don't draft kickers you want the kicker with the chip on his shoulder and if they have like funny glasses too, that's a plus. <laughs> and the Colts, uh, the Colts, the Colts go from a Hall of Fame kicker to a future Hall of Fame kicker. Whoa, that's a big statement. Uh, speaking of drafting kickers, remember Justin Rohrwasser? The worst. Oh yeah, kicker, the, the worst scary. Draft. Yeah, the whole. Yeah, the horrible human being. And he can't even play. Sick. Good work, Bill. Uh, okay. Do you want to rattle off? Uh, maybe you only have one, so maybe you don't have to rattle them off. But rookies who flash. I do have two. There you go, Rob. So I'll rattle them off. Uh, not 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 I big time so. ones, but I'm going to say Malik Harrison first, and I just kind of like what I saw. Uh, wasn't anything spectacular, but I thought he looked just really solid. He, he made tackles. I think he had like seven. Uh, had a TFL. I didn't think he was struggling too much with Derrick Henry. I just thought it was a really solid game. And uh, on the other front quieter game but van jefferson one one target one catch one touchdown baby i want to see him get involved more and i get why he isn't but for the love of god please <laughs> i love josh reynolds as, man, as much as anyone in the world me and you at least and uh i still want to see van jefferson play let me comment on both those i'm excited that um lee harrison's played a lot more the last three weeks mm-hmm and with Van Jefferson, I also put him here. Again, it was one catch, but he looks so good, and he's such a great route runner. I think, obviously, they're going to let Josh Reynolds walk in free agency, and yep. that'll just mean more Van time. And he strikes me as a guy who would be playing a lot more if he was on a team that wasn't so stacked at wide receiver. No, definitely. And, I mean, he he was he was a little bit older, and he was he seemed very pro-ready coming out. So, like, I like the pick from the Rams. It just got – it's just my personal greediness. I wish we got to see him more. Agreed. Uh, okay, I'll rattle off a couple. Julian Blackman, um, big forced fumble against the Packers. Yep. The biggest of forced fumbles. Um, Antonio Gibson looked great at running back for Washington. He is so explosive. I hate when they put Peyton Barber in, but hey, when they don't, it's Antonio Gibson time. Like he just looks he's a guy who's learning to play running back, but his athleticism and size are just scary. He's gonna be a monster, I think. Agreed. Uh and then Chase Claypool and Michael Pittman Jr. neither had like 
huge games. Both had great touchdowns. Both look like dudes. Uh, and then Makai Becton. He just he he's so big and he's so physical and he uh he held up when he when he faced um the the Chargers pass rush and that's all you can ask for 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 him. So Trevor Lawrence is gonna love that guy. Yeah, for for sure. And I mean. Uh, Becton's Becton's been one of the most fun guys to watch, and he, he isn't without his ups and downs, but he's been really good for the Chats and the only bright spot on that team. I already said my other rookie was Isaiah Simmons because I did not think he was going to play more than ten snaps, and then he came out and was one of the best uh, one of the best Cardinals defenders in general. Yeah, good point. And I got a guy who some thought was like the day two type, but not Jeremy Chin. <laughs> Kyle Duggar, who like I I know it's it's mm. kind of cheating because he was he was a, sec- a day two pick, but like we haven't talked about him at all this season really, and he's starting to come on a bit. Like no. it, it it's it's up and down for Duggar. Like there's there's struggles in coverage at times, but he's playing more for the Patriots, and I like him when he's just attacking downhill. Uh, he looks really good there. He, he had a TFL in this game, had six tackles, and like every time he does, he's kind of flashing, and he's lost in the shuffle because you know Chin Chin and him were kind of tied at the hip. And Chin's been amazing, uh, but but maybe it's Duggar's time to come on a little bit. And I don't think he's gonna really put it all together this season, but just seeing that the glimpses is is promising. Yeah, he looked really good the week before against Baltimore too. Yeah, no, he's he's having his moments. It's just like there's there's still the struggles, especially in coverage. He's he's got the start in the last two games, so hopefully down the stretch we get to see him start everything. Yeah, very much so. Which speaking of AJ, who's your start the rookie? Perfect transition because I'm going with another Patriot, um, Josh Uche, who uh, we were both amazing, huge fans of. And they're playing him about like 30% of snaps the last two weeks, uh, which, I mean, I really shouldn't be cl- complaining too much about because it's not bad for, for a pass rush guy. But, like, uh, I'm, I just really want to see that keep on climbing. And like you just said with Duggar, I just uh, – like I just want to see him more. And there's been glimpses, and it, it's even less so than Duggar, but glimpses – and again, their season is over. Just get him on the field, Billy Belichick. Like I want to see more Josh Uche. A similar reason, uh, I'm going with a, a a guy I really liked in the draft process. The Jaguars are way out of it. Let's get Ben Barch on the field. Let's see what old Ben Barch that's, has. That's a good maybe one. Maybe not at tack. Maybe not at tackle. Yeah. Um, Andrew Andrew Norwell is now banged up. And so, uh, like, I'm – and Barch, mind you, Barch didn't come in for him. But uh, he, he he started a game, like, four weeks ago. I'd like to see a little bit more of him. Let's see if he can be a starting guard or tackle in, in, in the NFL. And let's get a good idea heading into this draft. Uh, what – well, I mean, I'm assuming Caldwell won't be the GM. But who knows? Um but le- for for whoever's running the show, let's get an idea of if how, how like if we're sure if Barch is or isn't gonna be a, a starter. That's a good. I one. love Ben Barch, smooth smoothie king. Let's get it going. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. I I also agree. I want to see Ben Barch play. Start all the rookies and uh, let AJ and I have a plethora of players to choose from. I mean, the season starts now. It's Thanksgiving, people. Happy Thanksgiving. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. 
They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.